It's the Hive Sports Podcast, bringing you all the buzz on sports in the Beehive State. Visit us at thehivesports.com. Against Gobert, puts his shoulder down, rolls inside, try to slam it home, and Rudy said, not tonight! John Beck is on the run, he throws behind him, it is, cut for the touchdown! Merrill for the lead, he's got it! What's up, Cougar fans? Welcome to another episode of Cause Monday here on the Hive Sports. I'm your host, Jake Sorensen. Um, today, we're going to be talking about a lot of different things from BYU recruiting all the way to the Idaho State um, football game. We'll also talk a little bit about the um, prep game of, uh, I guess, the uh, practice game against Colorado. Um, I can't remember. Something Colorado Institute, um, but just some first basketball games, um, some women's soccer this week as well as a couple other things that way. But to kick us off, um, let's start talking about uh, a couple of things first. Visit thehivesports.com um, before the Georgia Southern game in, on the 20th. Um, BYU um, will uh, obviously be there at Georgia Southern. And uh, Dan and I this summer took some time to write an article. Uh, Dan wrote the article, and then we did a podcast specifically about locations. So um, what to see, what to do there while you're in uh, Georgia, specifically the Savannah area. I know there have been a few comments this week on Twitter about um, what to do there, what to see. Um, And so go look at that podcast. Um, I'll also drop the link to that in the uh, comments section of Twitter as well as Instagram, or uh, maybe we'll post it on our story. Um, But just so that you guys can kind of get connected and and acquainted with BYU's next opponent and their site. So I really think it's going to be a fun game out there in Georgia. Um, Bethany, my wife, and I are going to be going out. Um, So really excited to be able to to get out there. She's not going to go to the game. She's going to do fun stuff while my buddy and I go to the game. So but it'll be a great time and uh, really excited to see the Cougs play a couple more times um, before the bowl season starts and we'll see what happens. Kind of everything's out of their control, but the Independence Bowl, if nothing else, is in their control, which is a great thing. So um, as it pertains to football this week, the recruiting side of things, uh, I mentioned multiple times this week on Twitter that I'm seeing five stars um, and I think this is probably one of the coolest recruiting times I've ever seen in BYU football. I've mentioned that throughout various weeks on the pod, uh, but we've had some amazing recruits come through, um, whether it's, I mean, Cody Hagan there from Corner Canyon, uh, as well as um, obviously Kingsley this weekend was the big one, seeing a five-star commit uh, to BYU, um, seeing um, Spencer Fano and Logan Fano, they're recruiting, and then obviously Logan already committed, but um, Spencer still being recruited heavily by BYU. Um, looking up north to see Isaiah Moa, um, you just have some of these really big recruits that either flip to BYU or are interested now in BYU. But Kingsley's coming home video that he posted this weekend was really just exciting uh, to see the direction that BYU football is going, to see the excitement around the program and the Big 12 move, uh, the pending Big 12 move in 2023. A lot of these guys are going to be able to play next year, have a a boot up year before they they get that shot at the the Big 12. But I'm really, really excited to see what comes of, uh, of these recruiting classes that BYU is putting together. Another thing of note, obviously, is Cormani, um, McLean coming out uh, from all the way from Florida with the Lakeland Four. Um, BYU also offered his friend Zip, um, as well as um, I think Joiner and uh, their other friend. And it's missing. It's um, not on my mind right now, but um, 
there but four of them uh, came out this weekend from Florida to come see the Idaho State game. Cormani put BYU in his top five with Alabama, Ohio State, um, Miami, and I believe Florida, the Gators. So there's quite a few um, awesome teams there in the mix with BYU. And, you know, even if he ended up not choosing BYU, how often do we see a guy throw BYU in his top five that's a five-star recruit? Um, not really many ties to the program. Kind of got connected this summer, it looks like, based on uh, coming to camp and everything that way. But just such a really cool story. Seems like um, he was very well received by fans as well at the game, like taking pictures with him, just talking about service and some things that he did while he was here. I just think he sounds like an outstanding young man. So really excited to see his um, trajectory post-2021 um, um, and I mean, 2023 class, so uh, he'll be uh, one of those guys that you, you could see come in and make a difference that first year in the Big 12. Um, I'm hopeful to, uh, to see BYU kind of continue to hone in their skills of recruiting on some of these big-name guys. Um, they're getting some flips. They're getting some guys that are first time looking into it. I mean, Cormani is the number one corner in the entire nation, so what would that mean to BYU's program? I mean, you put Chris Wilcox in the NFL last year. Um, you have an uh, amazing corners um, right now. Caleb Hayes, you've got uh, Keenan Ellis. I mean, you've got some deep. D'Angelo Mandel, uh, D'Lo's amazing still. I mean, you've got Jacob Robinson. There's just so many guys that are coming to the Y right now who are really exceptional athletes and some of those guys that you'd hoped for a while that they'd be able to to kind of um, bring to BYU and it just I think personally it shows the skill level of Gennaro Guilford uh, his coaching abilities he's an excellent cornerbacks coach excellent at building connections uh, and then you also have to look at Eli Satuayaki. Um he's really making an emphasis to be able to do some man defense um, and being able to play on the ends and have some depth at corner allows you to do that um, like you mentioned a couple weeks ago, their depth was really tested against Virginia, and I think that's something that you'll start to see um, lessen. Like they'll be able to play a lot more man um, as they get more depth at corner, especially with some really great speed um, and um, like some athletes with some great stamina as well. So uh, I think that always goes back to conditioning. Um, but I think honestly, BYU is kind of racking it up with with the recruiting side right now, and lots of excitement around the program. So keeping that hype train rolling as they say and keeping that uh that excitement and energy around recruiting i uh, want to now kind of move gears uh, to the game specifically against idaho state um it was kind of funky because byu went out big 28 to 0 and then um let idaho state score a touchdown uh after a, a kind of a, a not a fluke fumble but i mean lopini katoa had another fumble this week he's had um, a little bit of a fumbling issue against some of these Idaho teams and it makes you wonder just kind of where he's at headspace wise against these teams but really overall just exciting exciting times to watch BYU kind of take the reins on on their season on their future um I think the eight and two obviously with so many teams losing ahead of them and being ranked 15 in the college football playoff last week in the first rankings it made BYU kind of uh I don't know, a, a more visualized game this weekend um, for a, an FCS team to sell out the stadium, um, to have so much uh, attention still on an FCS game was pretty cool. Some big name recruits coming out to that game is still really cool. I think it's just one of those things that you haven't seen in, at BYU in years past. And Kalani's culture and um, his ability to develop players, his coaching staff's ability to develop players, just 
makes so much um, sense uh, why the team is on an upward trajectory. This team is so fun to watch. Um, And, I mean, the depth at receiver, the depth at quarterback, the depth on the offensive line, the depth on the um, the corners and that side of things, seeing some of these defensive linemen get shots and, and some of these linebackers, obviously. And we had Peyton Wilgar with another – no, we had Pepe Tanuvasa with an interception. And then we had, um, I believe it was Jensen, Drew Jensen, um, with an interception. So a couple of really um, big plays there. Um, I believe it was Peyton who had a chance to have another interception, uh, tipped it at the line. Um, but there were some really awesome plays there. Uh, I'm just really excited to see them win big, 59-14 over Idaho State. Normally you'd say, okay, like they're FCS, whatever. But it's just the last time in Lavelle for the season, and and to cap it off that way is a great way um, to kind of show the fans how much you love them. I loved Kalani getting up with the band afterwards as well, Um, just kind of putting that stamp on the season. Um, It's just one of those really cool things to see a coach interact so much with the fans and to see the fans interact back with him and, you know, he really is the Polynesian Lavelle um, so far. His ability to to turn around um, kind of where they were a couple years back. And just I, I love looking back and looking at the, the journey that's gotten to where they are now because this journey is something that has been a joy. It had, had some, some stretching and painful moments just like everything fun does and, and good does. But, I mean, 11-1 last year and 8-2 and so far this year with Georgia Southern coming up and then USC – you know, I think in going into that Georgia Southern game, you see Coastal Carolina played them pretty close this last week, 28-8. Uh, to 8. I know that doesn't look close, it's crazy close, but Coastal has been known for their their run and shoot. Um, they're not run and shoot, I guess. It's uh, it's more of like an option shoot um, kind of offense. Um, they they like to dink and dunk, and it's they are really good at it. But um, for whatever reason, this weekend, Georgia Southern kind of held them off in the first quarter. I believe it was zeros at the end of the first, um, and then it kind of picked up from there. But they they have, I'm, I mean, Clay Helton being hired there at Georgia Southern adds a little bit of intrigue to this game. And you just hope that BYU comes locked in because they are traveling cross country. Um, it's another one of those games where it's like, what? what does this really mean? We just need a win. It's a cupcake kind of feel. Like, I, I don't think BYU can come in with that energy and expect to come out with a win. I think they're going to have to come in with a lot of uh, of passion and energy and come ready, improved after a bye week and rested. Like, the rest is just as much uh, important as the improvement and the preparation going up to Georgia Southern. Um, I think it's obviously planned that they have their bye week before traveling to the East Coast. Um, it's a lot less rigorous when most of your games have been here on the West Coast um, for travel things that way. But getting 10 games into a season before having a bye week is also something that's been noted heavily this last week. And I think it's something that BYU is a little worn down, honestly. Such a gauntlet of a P5 schedule. Um, and currently to be 5-1 and one against that schedule, um, I think is pretty exciting. So um, excited to come out strong out of this bye week get well rested and and get some of these guys back um we honored obviously those three seniors um i i really wish we could have lopa back one more year he's he's been a joy to watch uh i am bummed to see um lopini and and neil powu and some of these guys that are juniors possibly leave tyler algiers kind of understood um but i mean obviously if there's a shot at the nfl for these guys um you take it when it's when it's ripe um Neil Powell got hurt in this game. Uh, looks like he rolled his ankle pretty bad on that touchdown play 
when he was driving into the end zone. But it's just one of those things where you hope that some of these guys that are maybe on the fence um, and don't have for sure their NFL draft stock all lined up, you just kind of hope that they'll come back and give it one more shot. I think Lopini could have some uh, an amazing experience next year if Algier does go to the NFL, being able to take the reins at the running back position. I think there's a lot of opportunity there. So uh, we'll see kind of what happens. Really excited for the guys either way. Just grateful for all the football they've put in and the fun product that they've put on the field for us fans. Um, and it's been a, a joy to watch. It's been really fun to see Jaron Hall come out of his injury and um, really just catches um, his groove. Obviously, um, He's had a couple of, uh, of downer weeks, but if you look at his pro football focus rating, I think it was 90.8. He's a top 10 quarterback in the nation, and uh, he's showing why he, he is currently in, in that role of starting quarterback for BYU. Um, it was also nice to see some of the depth for BYU play uh, in the game on Saturday. I was really interested to see um, kind of the, the defensive line come out with uh, a lot of different players. That, I mean, obviously – you have uh, uh, some of those big-name guys like Tyler Batty who got their reps in in the first half, and um, you had uh, Atunai Samahe. Um, but there were t- at points um, they were playing three and four deep, even five deep against this Idaho State team. And, you know, people were mentioning, like, our depth isn't there, like they can't play very well, what's going on? But the reality is when your depth is playing as a unit, the second unit's playing all as a second unit, it's not the same as when – your first unit is replacing second, third, fourth, and fifth unit guys into the first unit. Um, they kind of elevate to that level of play. Um, whereas when they play as a unit in the second unit, yeah, you'll kind of see them play a, maybe a, a tier down. And, and that's kind of um, obviously why they're in that growth and development. When they're in that first tier position, um, they'll be the ones balling out. Um, but there's currently guys that are a little bit ahead of them, and you want to get them those game reps so they can feel the speed of the game and, and feel the uh, energy and excitement there. I just loved seeing, um, I mean, Criddle's interception. But, um, it was funny to see Ben kind of knock his brother a little bit and his brother knock him um, for his dropped interception against Boston College back in the day. But um, his interception was really awesome um, to see him kind of like tip the ball and, and then rip it away from the receiver. It was just really um, some fun football, a fun brand of football to watch. Um, and it's just really, really exciting, honestly. Um, I, uh, I'm interested. I, I think I said uh, earlier that that was an interception by Drew Jensen. Uh, I, his was a pass break. I'm, I'm thinking last week to Virginia, but it was Criddle and uh, Pepe Tanuvasa that had the two uh, turnovers uh, that they gained this week. Plus, I cannot forget Keanu Hill, his amazing um, game. He had the touchdown scored, obviously, on the reception. Um, where he fought the boundary and went right to the goal line and dove in. But then his punt block, the last time we seen a punt block uh, for a touchdown at BYU was 2013. Um, to see him come out like that, um, they shaved Griffith's head. Um, I can't even remember his first name, but he's their, their graduate assistant, former player. Um, and it's it's funny to see him, Kyle Griffith, sorry, um, get his head shaved and, and follow through on that commitment if they came through with the punt block um, or a punt block touchdown. So really fun to see this game. It was just a really fun game um, to honor the seniors 
And like I said, I, I really hope some of these guys come back. I think there were some really great bright spots. Obviously, Puka Nakua with his six receptions, 120 yards and a touchdown. Tyler Algier only had six carries, but 35 yards and a touchdown, 5.8 average. So just a really solid game from everybody all around. And like I said, a tune-up before going out to Georgia Southern where it's not going to be an easy task, um, but it'll be a, a really fun game, I think. And I'm really excited to see the Cougars play kind of that triple option attack on defense and it'll be uh, honestly a little bit like playing coastal i think um, last year and like playing navy so hopefully they come in and have the right game plan to just shut it down and and excel so um now moving on to basketball this week um really fun game obviously byu got to play um i can't remember it's colorado institute something um but they won 65 to 43 i believe it was um i don't there's a bit of lackluster, um, I guess, play, but they were also getting some depth to play. Um, I, I think my, I don't know, my favorite part was seeing Caleb Lohner um, and some of those guys just kind of step up and have the energy. Um, Richard Harward got injured. Um, a couple of things that way, just dings and dents early in the year. Um, you just hope they can stay healthy and, and really prove this team. I love Treor. Um, I love... Um, some of these guys that they brought in, T. John Lucas was on fire. Um, I really, am, I'm just excited for this football for this basketball season. Excuse me. They have Cleveland State coming in on the ninth, um, so they'll kick off this week's, um, I guess, the bye week for football with three games in that period of time. So BYU will have a a, a bunch of things that we can still watch basketball wise and, and get connected with this basketball season, and hopefully another uh, great run towards the NCAA tournament and. Um, following through on Caleb Lohner's, um, I, I guess, mindset of the Final Four is their goal. So really excited there. BYU women's soccer this week um, had a little bit of a hiccup on the road, I believe it was, 1-0. Um, and then I believe they won 3-0 against Portland, or maybe it's 4-1. I can't remember. Um, but either ways, women's soccer still ranked, still playing well, prepping for uh, tournament time. It'll be interesting to see um, kind of where they end up. But they, they have a really good team, and that's one thing year after year, women's soccer's been coming back and, and kind of just throwing up some some big figures in the WCC, um, winning it uh, multiple times, having a, just a lot of energy and excitement around uh, women's soccer at BYU is, is one of my favorite things. Volleyball as well has been uh, awesome. Um, just kind of some of these other sports that you see BYU ranked um, top 25 in the country, and Overall, it just kind of leads you to, to know what's um, the athletic department, what they're bringing to the table and the excitement that way. I can't be more excited for what BYU is bringing in this transition to the Big 12. Um, they're not stepping down their level of play. They're stepping up their level of play. Uh, and it'll be really, really fun to watch, honestly. Uh, I'm just so excited for, for what's to come and um, the future of, of all of BYU athletics. So um, a couple things there for you guys. But gonna cap it off um this week obviously it's a, with the bye week um, we're not gonna have as much uh, craziness to talk about i guess um next week um on the pod with uh for, for cause monday but i think that there's gonna be some interesting storylines for basketball so that'll be the main focus um as we come up in, into this next week i'm gonna kind of be watching those teams ahead of byu i know a lot of fans were kind of surprised with cincinnati struggling um in football this weekend against tulsa uh, honestly um, to have the game won in the final minute um, 
or I guess sealed in the final minute. They were leading either way, but to hold Tulsa fourth down um, at the goal line, it's big news. Um, and then seeing some of those teams lose in front of BYU, it's kind of out of their hands. There's not really much. I know that people are like NY6 bound, like BYU has a shot, a shot still. To make that happen, Cincy has to uh, keep winning. They can't drop out of those those top five spots, so we need Cincinnati to win. It doesn't really matter if Oregon or any of those other schools lose, especially if Utes, the Utes can beat Oregon on the 20th. Um, oh, I wanted to mention Arizona got their first win in football in 20 games, beating Cal 10-3 to this weekend. So that was a big news, um, big news win. So every team on BYU's schedule at least has a win this season. But, oh, going to that point, this is the first time I believe, uh, I don't remember when the last time BYU had six, six or seven, I think it's six, opponents with a winning record at this stage in the game. By the end of the year, we might honestly see seven, um, seven, eight, I think. The only team, no, it would be seven um, with winning records, um, which would be amazing. Um, obviously, there's not much you can do about Arizona or Idaho State um, or Georgia Southern at this point, but. Um, I'm, the biggest one right now is, I guess, USC that's kind of hanging there in limbo. So I guess we are at seven um, that are that are winning records. Um, unless I'm – no, Boise. Boise, yes, they're five and four, but that's a loss. And then uh, Baylor, obviously, the loss. So, um, so just so many teams on the schedule, like I said, with, with winning records. Um, so six of the wins, six of the uh, eight wins have um, winning records, which is really awesome. Um, next week won't be able to add to that, but if USC can kind of pick it up for that 27th of November game there at the Coliseum, and if BYU can come with a win there, you just hope that um, USC either ends even or um, that they uh, obviously uh, can win a couple more maybe before um, that game. Right now they're sitting right there at that, uh, I think it's four and five spot, so um, actually they, they can't make it to that, that seven-win season, so no matter what, the best shot if BYU beats them would be um, even, but still... Um, they could go to a bowl game and get that winning record, which would be cool. Uh, I really hope USC kind of just can put it together these last couple weeks and uh, get bowl eligible. Um, Jackson Dart was playing for them this weekend. Um, just an interesting time for USC football. They're not the same brand of football that they once were. And BYU was hoping when that game was on the schedule, obviously, that it would be one of those games that was a schedule booster. Um, it's actually turned out that the front half of the Pac-12 schedule has been the biggest boost. And then having uh, Virginia with the winning record in the ACC, the bowl eligibility there. And then also, had they beat uh, Baylor, who is a top 25 team for, uh, has been for a couple weeks now. And then Boise, who just laid the wood to Fresno 40-14 to this weekend. Just really hoping some of those losses look a little bit better for BYU as the season gets um, wound down. So, really excited for Cougar football, just Cougar Nation in general right now. But that's our episode for, for today. Um, we'll continue, like I said, talking about basketball weeks to come. But in the meantime, go Cougs. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Cause Monday. And uh, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at The Hive Sports. So, thanks so much, guys. TheHiveSports.com has all the buzz on sports in the Beehive State, covering prep, college, pro, and church sports. No way, really? Okay, maybe not that last one. If you want to stay in the know about all things Jazz, Cougars, Aggies, and Utes, then this is the site for you. TheHiveSports.com. We may even feature your high school, so check us out today at TheHiveSports.com. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Check out TheHiveSports.com because we got the buzz.